You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now here is your host, Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. Thank you yet again for logging into Thank You for Your Servers. I am Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Way. Yet again, no Gary. This episode for the rant about these te- topics, but we shall press on as we have been doing in these challenging times. This and other podcasts are brought to you by the MLGA Network of Podcasts. Let's make liberty great again, fam. And with no further ado, let's get into the rant on these tech topics. So I still refuse to get sucked into the nonsense. And trust me, it's been hard. But before we end this particular episode on some positive notes, we must yet again deal with the ugly reality that is today, that is the tech platforms of today, and the chicanery that is happening between a dying legacy media and them using or weaponizing social media, and in this instance, the very infrastructure of content creation, ad platforms, and weaponizing those against its ideological enemies. What has transpired last week is going to basically begin to sow the seeds of big tech's own destruction. That is topic one. So 13 June, this is from CN- uh, NBC, actually, or CNN. Does it matter? Does it really matter? So Google took action against two websites over what it says are offensive remarks in the comments section, banning one site from making money off of its advertising platform and threatening to ban the other. This other was The Federalist. One of the websites, popular financial blog Zero Hedge, has already been banned from Google's ad platform, while right-wing news site The Federalist was served with a warning that it could face similar bans, said Google. So I think this comes from the NBC story. Um, NBC News first reported that both the sites were banned. And Google later, later clarified that the Federalist had not yet lost its ability to monetize its content. Well, this NBC news story, which I think I'm reading from, was not entirely accurate. Here are one of the highlights. After publication of this story, said NBC story that I just quoted from, that I mistakenly thought was CNN, but what's the difference? Google backtracked Tuesday clarifying that the Federalists had not been warned about the policy violations, but still had time to address them. It now has three days to remove the violations before a ban goes into effect. Google didn't backtrack. Google clarified. 
the NBC story initially went out. This is an NBC story that has been revised numerous times. I don't even know the count. The original story went out. This is that both sites were banned straight up. No longer are they able to participate in Google's ad platform. Google Communications on Twitter came out and says, we did not demonetize the Federalists. And I'll get to why Google had to do that and why what they did backtrack on was banning them outright in a minute. Google contacted you to clarify that your news organization jumped the gun by first proclaiming that Google had banned both sites from its ad platform. Now, this, again, was incorrect. But here is the anatomy of the grift and the smear. We'll harken back. And if you guys don't understand this, what I'm about to explain, I've explained this in numerous episodes in the past. I've explained it in episode 31, Gaslighting of the American White about what these platforms do and how in concert with their, I don't, I wouldn't call them useful idiots in the press, the legacy press, but their cadre of ideological simpaticos in the press, that here's how this starts. This story first got traction when the Center for Countering Digital Hate an organization that deals with the increasing use of IBA's hate to polarize societies and undermine democracy, first brought the issue up to an intrepid reporter from the NBC News Verification Unit. That name in and of itself is very ominous. So this is a British watchdog group. Some radical, I would, I would hearken to say, left-wing organization Similar to, if you remember episode 31, the Network Contagion Research Institute, a neutral and independent third party whose mission is to track, expose, and combat misinformation, deception, manipulation, and hate across social media channels. These, these guys all work together. So this British watchdog group had recently sent a report and... If you dig deep into what they sent as a report, it wasn't really a report. It was just, here are some sites that we find objectionable. To Google flagging racist content focused on the ongoing protests across a number of U.S. Uh, sites, including the Federalist and Zero Hedge. The report also noted that such sites stood to make millions through Google's ad platform. So these digital snitches went out and says like, hey, did you know? And this works Across all social media, this has been going on for years. It happens on YouTube. It's increasingly happening on Twitter and Facebook. And it has now begun to proliferate to these ad platforms for which Google controls a huge portion of them. This is the anatomy of a smear. Hey, NBC, we sent this report to Google about hate or offensive, objective, misinformation, blah, 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 blah of these sites. NBC then, as the information launderer of this really crappy report, reports that Google has done nothing about said sites. Google, in this charged environment, overreacts and probably did initially threaten to or ban Zero Hedge and the Federalists. See, this kind of, uh, this, this center for countering digital hate also works in conjunction with another site, Stop Funding Fake News. 
whose story, i.e. mission statement is, Stop Funding Fake News was set up in 2019 by people who were concerned about the rapid rise in fake news. The irony in this is funny, because the original NBC story would be considered, in their, um, in their definition, fake news, because it was an inaccurate story to begin with. Since we launched, this is back to their mission statement here, we've seen one of our target one uh, we've seen one of our target fake news sites completely shut down and the capacity of several others reduced significantly significantly <laughs> as a result of us damaging their ability to generate revenue they are weaponizing these platforms against information they deem as misinformation which i'm all about combating misinformation but that's why you have biased fact check websites, right? That's why you have the social media platforms flagging this stuff, right? No, it's not enough to flag these sites. It's enough to label them disinformation, misinformation, hate, and weaponize the very platforms that they use to generate revenue to shut down their business. And here's the deal. Zero Hedge may be a little, like I say, fringy, but it's not always inaccurate. But let me continue here. I don't want to get too far off track because there's a, there's a path to follow with this. So the NBC News Verification Units presented the search giant with the evidence in question, right? As I described before, that the conservative website was spreading misinformation related to recent anti-police brutality protests. But it turned out that the news, uh, that the news, that this uh, news verification unit was spreading was misinformation in and of itself. Had tipped the Robbie Suave at Reason, who's been kind of following this and really been on top of this social justice stuff from the beginning. But particularly as it rolls into the social media sphere, how dangerous this is starting to become. So, again, the Federalist was never demonetized. They were just threatened. Um, hence, the sword of Democles was hung over their head. So they were forced to remove their comment section to see, because what Google actually backtracked on was not the fact that the stories on the site were inaccurate and spread misinformation and hate, but that in the comment section to some of the stories, one of which was written in 2016, there was objectionable content in the comment section. The irony of them, of Google enforcing the very Section 230 stuff that they are not necessarily immune from, but like they don't necessarily have to worry about who's on their platform, but the platforms that are on their platforms have to worry about who's on their platform. The irony is rich. And this brings us to why this is going to get ugly. So, of course, as I mentioned earlier, um, Zero Hedge wasn't so lucky. They're completely demonetized as, as we stand today. So let's reiterate, just to reiterate, right? Again, this is something I've discussed numerous episodes about the weaponization of these platforms against things that are considered object objectionable in the realm of speech. Social media companies blinded by their slavish devotion to the social justice or to social justice as a whole, 
have removed posts, they've shadow banned, they've removed tweets, they've added addendums to tweets, they've removed posts from Facebook, they've added addendums to posts on Facebook, and they're demonetizing objectionable content, all in an effort to not only gaslight, but to bully entire populations into thinking that if they're slightly ideologically right of Chairman Mao, they're racist, white supremacists, and that they must be exercised from the world. And that you, even if you read or traffic in these sites, you are not worthy. So yet again, big tech is taking the wrong side of ideological battles. That is thinks that is that thinks is righteous, and it may, you know, they may very much think so. They're true believers, in my opinion. So were the guards at Auschwitz. Auschwitz, yeah, they they were true believers as well. As a result of all this, we're now about to witness the utter and complete destruction of Section Two Thirty of the Communications Act, Decency Act of nineteen ninety six. So you can say what you want about zero hedge; they can be a little fringy at time. But the Federalist is a typical BoomerCon website with occasionally great reporting. Actually, lately from the Russiagate stuff, in my opinion, you know my leanings. They were great. There were great reports on this. It is in essence, the very essence, in essence, the very essence of Conservative Inc. I mean, it is Washington. It has powerful readers, influential contributors. Donors, diverse revenue streams, going after the Federalists based on this bogus ass report from NBC's news verification unit, which was sourced from ideologically driven crap, anti-hate snitch websites was a stupid fight that Google shouldn't have picked, particularly they went after the Federalists. It's one thing to go after Zero Hedge. Because it's safe to go after Zero Hedge. I don't think so, but, I, you know, but it is what it is, right? But you went after the Federalists, who have had such illustrious guests on their show as Senator Ted Cruz, who wrote a letter <laughs> to Sindar Pichai of Google asking, what in the hell are you doing? So on Wednesday of last week, Senator Cruz sent Sindar Pichai a letter in the show notes, questioning the, 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 the tech giant's uh, corporation's inte- integrity and ability to censor political speech it disagrees with. Subsequently, everyone from the Federalist gets on Fox News and basically rants and raves about what the hell are they doing. As a direct effect of that, our favorite senator from Missouri, Josh Hawley, thank you, Austin Peterson, for not defeating him, Proposes a new law. You see where this is going? And I'm talking to big tech as a whole. Do you see what you have? Do you know what you've done? If you read the text of this bill, it's a draft, so don't worry about it yet. It literally says to amend not only the Communications Decency Act, but the Communications Act of 1934 to provide accountability for bad actors who abuse the Good Samaritan protections provided under that act and for other purposes. This, this is far-reaching implications because Section 230 has become a rallying cry for politicians of both parties who feel that the status quo of social media isn't working. There's bipartisan support. 
And that should scare the hell out of people who do what we do. All because Google couldn't stand up for itself. Couldn't do a little bit of research about what exactly they were being told to do or asked to do because these objectionable websites are on their platform, which is the internet that they search. It's, this is not good. And on top of this, the same week that these shenanigans are pulled, the, Ju- the Department of Justice finally released its proposals for what needs to be amended in Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act of 1996. The Justice Department released proposals calling for sweeping reform to the law that grants immunity to apps and websites for the content users post or share to them following much of political rhetoric about the supposed suppression of conservative speech online. Here's the deal. This isn't supposed. Those of us who are, again, slightly right of Chairman Mao have seen this for years. And the anatomy of how this happens is now naked to a lot of other people. Even TechDirt, which did its typical genuflection in the beginning of its post, explained how it got banned. If you go against the orthodoxy, you will be crushed. The Justice Department has now submitted its, its findings. The FCC will then have to submit its findings here in the couple, next couple of months of what changes it recommends. There is legislation already taking shape in the Senate. There's legislation that's already been taking shape in the House. So left and right, the left and right flank are, are, are both forming for big tech. And they have sown the seeds of their own destruction just because you have chosen wrong. You chose tyranny over liberty. And now we will get no liberty, more tyranny. Because you wanted to be woke. You wanted to be on the right side of history. And suffice it to say, you will be on the wrong side of history. This is going to be bad. They're going to screw us all over. Because if they begin to amend or mess with the Communications Decency Act of 1996, Section 230, this will have adverse effects on people professing liberty in print, video, or voice. If you do not think that this will have adverse effects, these actions that they take won't continue to have adverse effects on people who do this type of stuff. You are mad. There's no positive liberty angle to this. Google was stupid. Twitter and Facebook continue to be stupid because it's the misinterpretation of Section 230 by both left and right that is going to get all the protections or a lot of the protections offered under Section 230 rescinded. All right, enough about that foolishness. In more positive news, commercial space is rocking and rolling and it's moving forward. First, big up to SpaceX for launching its Dragon capsule to the International Space Station from U.S. soil. America. That's great stuff. When we were all tearing the country apart and burning stores to the ground and yelling Black Lives Matter, 
we took a moment out from doing all that craziness. We watched astronauts get launched from U.S. soil on a U.S. rocket to the International Space Station. We cried, we hugged, and then we proceeded to go back to mayhem. But it was kind of a positive thing. And, you know, congratulations. Subsidies are not. Big up to SpaceX for doing what it did. And then they're moving ever so closer to at least getting a beta of their Starlink constellation up and running. Um, and this fall, they're going to begin trials with Starlink. Um, the private beta would, uh, would mostly, uh, would almost certainly be reserved for uh, SpaceX and Tesla uh, employees and their families. Uh, just like Tesla currently trials early software builds on employee cars, um, those customers would serve a, 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 a much more regimented guinea pig, likely offering detailed feedback throughout the trial of the Starlink uh, internet service. As of this podcast, there are currently 538 Starlink satellites in the Constellation orbit, and it's, they're actually kind they're now trying to move into the trials as i as i as i stated they're also um trying to get on some of these fcc subsidies so as uh, as we move closer to the trial uh spacex is trying to get some subsidies from the fcc these subsidies are basically for what is considered low latency uh, internet service providers so less than 100 milliseconds uh, the FCC is sort of skeptical that they can that Starlink, a space SpaceX's Starlink can provide that low latency, but they haven't completely, um, I guess, dismissed Starlink's uh, uh, application out of you know um, out of hand because trials haven't begun yet, like real world trials haven't begun yet. So in a, in an effort to also try to, you know, make that requirement. Um, back in April, I think SpaceX wanted uh, the FCC's okay to uh, make another change to its license where it would lower the altitude of future and existing Starlink satellites um, to not only reduce their numbers, but to also reduce latency. Um, we'll have to see. Space is tricky. Um, some of the current geo satellites or geostationary satellites have um, latencies of, and that's basically round trip times from sending packet to relaying off of satellite to hitting ground station to getting to the site of 500 milliseconds, which is an eternity in internet time. Um, it's not great for real time applications. It, it works for uh, cached streaming applications. It may not work for real-time streaming applications. Um, it's definitely not good for communication, um, but, uh, you know, um, real-time communication, but acceptable. Um, if Starlink can half that or bring it even closer to 100 milliseconds, that's more than enough need. I think the 100 millisecond uh, requirement to unleash this $16 billion in subsidies that not only Starlink will get, but like other companies will get, because it's an arbitrary figure. Um, you know, Starlink says it's going to be able to do gigabit. Eh, raw number, yeah. I think honestly they'll only be able to achieve mm, half that. 
um the raw number may be a gigabit but the overhead and stuff associated with you know um packet switching and you know uh, forward error correction and you know bit error rates and you know um e knobs and you know erp and all kinds of crazy stuff that are required for um not only terrestrial rf communication but space-based rf communication I don't I don't see that it, they will be impressive. Don't get me wrong. They will be on par with uh, LTE advance, which is, you know, pushing 100 megabit per second or more. So it'll be somewhere between LTE advance and its true speed and latency and 5G, um, but more toward the high uh, the LTE advance type speeds and latencies. But this is all good news, man um spacex is, is is pushing it they're launching 60 of these satellites at a time once or twice a month um they'll probably have probably under a thousand of these low earth orbit satellites in orbit by the end of the year we're going to begin trials in uh in this hemisphere as well uh beginning hopefully in the fall um so this is pretty good so broadband to the rural regions of the world will be greatly empowering. This is very, very important in that aspect, because in light of the fact that people are starting to kind of move out of cities um, and to kind of more of these rural exurban areas because of COVID-19, this gives kind of information technology workers maybe the possibility to and, and more options to live more places in different places and particularly out of these cities in light of the current situation that our cities kind of find themselves in. Um, so SpaceX seeking these subsidies is a little gross to me. Um, but if that's how we're going to go forward and, and uh, we're going to wire or connect the world, I guess give, I guess give them the subsidies, I guess. It's not my first, you know, really, it's not it's not my first uh, uh, option. They've seemed to have been able to get a lot of these satellites in orbits with with very little of those subsidies. And depending on the cost and effectiveness and really the uh, commercial viability of this Starlink network, eh, you know, we shall see. And in one more positive final story. Because again, I think I need to formulate these episodes that I so that I put the vegetables first and the dessert last. Um, some signs that the sign that the technosinophobia is receding. U.S. companies can now work with Huawei on 5G and other standards, says the Commerce Department. This is coming from Reuters. The United States on Monday confirmed to Reuters a report that it will amend its prohibition on U.S. companies doing business with China's Huawei to allow them to work together on setting standards for next-generation 5G networks. Quoting Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, the United States will not cede leadership in global innovation. The department is committed to protecting U.S. national security and foreign policy interests by encouraging U.S. industry to fully engage and advocate for U.S. technologies to become international standards. The Commerce Department publicly announced the move on Monday of this week. It noted that the U.S. participation in standard setting 
influences the future of 5G, autonomous vehicles, artificial intelligence, and other cutting-edge technologies, blah, 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 blah. Why is this important? This brings an end, or at least a thawing, to some of the techno-sinophobia that had begun to take hold prior to the COVID Wuhan virus uh, nonsense. But there's kind of a couple of reasons why um, I think this is rescinded. I think this is not the battle that the U.S. administration wants to fight anymore. I think lobbying efforts and generally people on staff who are trying, and particularly I think people from the FCC and the FTC are saying like, this, this was kind of stupid. Um, you know, there are other areas for which we can push um, China on. Um, the big thing is this allows tech companies in the United States working on the fifth generation network to at least start to participate in standards bodies for which um, the rest of the world hasn't really dropped out of these standards bodies. And truthfully, they really had no choice because Huawei holds a lot of 5G patents. And it would be silly not to at least have U.S. tech companies and Huawei participate in these international standards bodies to at least shape the technology and move it forward, despite the political BS that seems to be going on and the, and the pissing matches that were going on prior to this. Now, that doesn't mean that all the sinophobia is done, right? I mean, we're still hemming up professors from universities. We're still um, doing this kind of McCarthy-esque sinophobia kind of witch hunts for infiltrators within academia and tech and industrial espionage and whatnot. But the dirty globalist in me is absolutely positively ecstatic about this. I want the freest trade that we can possibly get. And I'm generally happy about the development. Um, but there are many harder, messier battles that need to be fought with the rise of China, particularly technologically, um, intellectual property wise and censorship wise. Um, we're not looking very good over here on the censorship front, but we ain't WeChat, you know, we're not using WeChat and, and Alipay to like socially engi socially engineer or socially mold our populace into buying certain things doesn't mean it might not happen but you know this is good and this is all good news and this is to continue my in my continuing effort to not get too bogged down by the bs but to let you know that we need to concentrate on building the future technologists engineers um and all in all Liberty thinkers need to continue to advance liberty on all fronts, from crypto anarchists to agorists to anarcho capitalists, whatever. Continue to build the future out there, guys, because, you know, we're going to need new platforms that are decentralized. We're going to need new ad platforms, obviously. We're going to need new search engines. We're going to need new avenues to communicate these messages of liberty, to communicate the messages of technological harmony we need to continue to do the good things that we do so that's kind of all i got hopefully next week there will be more positive news than negative and most importantly i'm going to try i make no guarantees but only promises to attempt to see if we can get gary back on so we can 
get back to normal. So with that said, thank you for having logged on to thank you for your servers. I'm Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. Follow me at Nick Way and follow the MLG network because we got some good hot, hot guests coming on Make Liberty Great Again podcast, which is the flagship podcast. Peace. <laughs>